This is Photo BizX, episode number 481, and today we are talking sales, money, pricing, how to attract the right kind of clients, how to push the wrong kind of clients away, what to do when a client ghosts you, and so much more. This is a tactics-based full-on episode. Our special guest is the managing director of Win Without Pitching, Shannon Lee, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you're going to love today's guest, Shannon Lee, and she is going to give you so much to think about, so much to action as a result of what she shares. So stick around for that one. It's coming up in just a minute. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Leah Hoffman, the dance photographer who is absolutely killing it, her images are incredible to say the very least, and she's built a super successful business on the back end of that photography. Make sure you get back and have a listen to that one because she has some very cool things that she shares in regards to attracting her clients, marketing strategies, automation, pricing and sales. And at the very least, you need to get over and have a look at her images. She is a phenomenal photographer. So that's last week's episode with Leah Hoffman from Hoffer Studios. Just before we jump into today's interview with Shannon Lee, I want to make sure that you are fully aware that if you are a premium member or you sign up to become a premium member, that you can access the full interviews, the premium versions of every episode automatically via your podcast app. You do not need to listen on the website to the premium interviews. So this is a a question that comes up regularly. Uh, I post about it in the welcome message. I share about it here. There are details on the website when new members sign up, but it's a question that continually comes up. Yes, you can absolutely listen to the full, complete, premium versions of every episode on your podcast app. And those podcast episodes, those premium episodes can come down or will come down automatically once you become a premium member. It's a simple matter of setting it up. Once you do become a premium member, you'll have your very own personal RSS feed URL. Now, all that means is that you have a special URL to access the premium version of the podcast, which is active while you have a membership. All you need to do is use a podcast app that supports premium feeds like the Apple Podcast app, like Pocket Cast, like Downcast, and there are so many more. You enter your premium feed URL, which is linked to your membership, into the search function of your podcast app. You find the premium version of the podcast. You click subscribe and bingo, that's it. You automatically have access now to any future episode of the podcast while your membership is active. They will come down into your podcast app like a normal podcast every single week when an episode is released. You don't need to do anything else. Now, I will add the app that you choose to listen to the premium episodes has to support premium feeds. So Spotify, for example, does not support premium feeds. So you will need an additional app to Spotify if that's where you normally listen to your podcast. But if you have an iPhone, the Apple Podcast app is perfect. 
If you have an Android phone, there are a ton of different apps like Pocket Cast, which will work just perfectly well for you on your phone. It's the easiest and best way to listen. These apps will remember where you're up to with a podcast episode. You can listen at faster speeds if that's what you prefer. You should have the show's artwork and links and show notes all available to you inside those apps as well. So there really is no need to go to the website unless you're looking for additional information. You can listen to all the premium episodes of the podcast in the app that you choose that supports a premium feed. Now, I do have full instructions inside the members area of the website, but if you get stuck with anything, anything at all, including setting this up, just shoot me an email or a message and I'll jump on the phone, I'll talk you through it or direct you to the specific instructions for your phone model and for your app to listen to these podcasts automatically. It just, it makes it so much easier. So I hope that's clear. If you've got any questions, shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com or a message on Facebook Messenger. I'm happy to help you. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Just one last thing before we get into this interview. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Shannon. I am saving a portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what she shares in the first half and you'd like to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a premium trial membership. It's a 30-day trial. You can get access at photobizx.com forward slash try and that's where you will get your own premium rss feed url you can listen to the premium episodes this one with shannon and the full back catalog via your podcast app and utilizing your brand new premium rss feed url more details at photobizx.com forward slash try let's get into this interview welcome to another great eye for business it's time for andrew's special guest If you'd love to be charging more for your work, feel icky talking about money and hate the idea of selling, you are going to love today's guest. She has spent over a decade in marketing, then business development and worked on the front lines attracting great customers and generating fantastic sales. Today, her focus is helping clients translate the win without pitching ideals into their businesses to sell more effectively, charge what they're worth, talk comfortably about money and learning to love how to sell. If you're not familiar with the win without pitching goals, it's to help creative entrepreneurs learn how to eliminate pitching for jobs, apply value-based pricing with lower cost of sales for better work and happier clients. Our guest is Shannon Lee, the Managing Director of Win Without Pitching, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Shannon, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here. Looking forward to digging in. (laughs) So for anyone that hasn't heard of Win Without Pitching, can you sort of give us an idea of what that is? Yes. Yep. We are a sales training organization for creative professionals. And so anybody who's in the business of selling expertise, ideas, not a tangible product necessarily, we help them to learn frameworks to make selling more comfortable and more fun. Right. And Win Without Pitching, I'm sure some people have heard of it. It's a book, isn't it? Right. And it was started by your, is it your boss? Yes. So Blair Enns is our founder and he's my boss. It's like, we laugh about that word though, because it feels so antiquated. 
but yeah, he is. He's the head man. Uh, founded the company 20 years ago, and his first book was The Win Without Pitching Manifesto. And I think that book is about 10 years old now. And then his second book is Pricing Creativity. Nice, nice. So when you talked about helping creative entrepreneurs sell what they do, will that apply to photographers you know, that you're speaking to today? Because, I mean, we do sell an idea, but at the end of the day, the client walks home with a product. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I mean by a product is you're not selling cat food, right? Or, you know, something like that, or, um, you know, software as a service. So a photographer is right in our wheelhouse because they are coming to this, bringing a vision, bringing creativity and translating that into a deliverable or, you know, an, an outcome, which happens to be like the end result of photos, whether it's digital or something you can hold in your hand. Fantastic. Perfect. Now I've got like a thousand questions for you, like lined up, ready to go. But I guess first up, can you just explain what value-based pricing is? Sure. So the idea behind value-based pricing is that it sees you moving away from pricing based on time and materials and really having a productive conversation to kind of understand the value that you can create for your client and pricing based on that value that can be created. And so some of our clients are able to affect things like revenue change or cost reduction, things you can measure that are more tangible. Some of our clients do things like contribute to emotional contributions to value or increase awareness, right? So the idea is you're really finding out what is that client's desired future state, their vision, What do they want to be true when this project is done? How are we going to measure success? What are the metrics we're going to attach to it? And then what kind of value is that going to bring to the experience, to the organization, to whatever it is that you're doing, whomever you're working for? And walking away from that conversation, creating some options for how you might work together based on the value you all agree that can be created. So to put that in, I guess, a small business operator, a photographer's zone. If you and your family were coming to me, you maybe you made an inquiry to me about having your family photos done. So are you saying, I mean, obviously the goals are to produce images that you want to hang on your wall, that you're going to you know, right. walk past every day of your life. It's going to bring a smile to your face. Like you're smiling as I'm saying that now. And yeah. you probably it's like, I almost get choked up. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm good at what I do and I dive into, you know, the relationships that you have with your child or kids and your husband, and I capture those in the images, you are going to love the photos that I create. You're going to want to hang them on the wall. Yeah. So are you saying then with value-based pricing, that's a measurable thing? It is. Yeah. And we want to be sensitive to assigning value to somebody's emotion. Right. And so what happens in that conversation, if it's a photographer, for example, and I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days, thinking about a photo shoot involving your family, there are a lot of things that families want to see coming out of that photo shoot. Yes. Like memories created, capturing a moment in time when maybe a child is starting grade school, but then maybe wanting to make sure that those photos can be shared digitally to friends and family across the U S or the globe or wherever you live in an easy way. There's like all sorts of things that can come out of a photo shoot, right? I have a daughter who rides horses and we own a horse and I want to capture her horse shows. And so we have a photographer that specializes in equestrian photography and there are different goals we have each time we have that person come and do photo shoots for us. So it's getting into a conversation to really uncover, like you came to me with a need of family photography, but what do you really want? Right. 
Do you want things for your home? Do you want to share with family and friends? Do you want collages during the holidays? So there's all these different things you can dig into and learn and create different options or or packages that you price differently based on what that client values. So if I'm talking about pricing then, you know, for my business, I should move away from how many hours it takes me to produce those images, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. That's the goal. This is a journey. It's a pricing journey that doesn't happen overnight. And it is true that not one pricing strategy applies because there may be a client who just says, I just want to pay you for the hours. And that's how they want to engage with you. And that's okay. As long as you're in charge, seen as the expert and you're profitable. But we want to challenge our clients to think about different ways to approach pricing because everybody that you work with values something different. And so the idea of having this value conversation and uncovering that and really being able to come back to somebody with options for how you can work together is how an expert behaves. It's how you introduce choice into the sale so that you're not compared so much against others. It's a more transparent way to price that's filled with integrity, I think. And it opens the door differently to what you can do with your business. Okay. So I should know how many hours it takes to do the work that I'm doing. I should have a value base to that, but that's not necessarily the price I should be charging. Yeah. So you bring up a good point. When you go into a conversation, oftentimes we go in with this solutions mindset, right? Like a photographer, for example, who's done lots of family photo shoots, walks in and says, mom and dad, two kids and a dog. And they start, because they've seen this a million times, they start applying pattern matching and they go in and just thinking about the solutions they can deliver. We want to flip that. So you go in with an open mind and really learn what's going on there and apply the solutions later when you go back after you've had that conversation and you're sitting at your office thinking about how might I solve this differently for this client? And so it's getting out of that solutions mindset to be more open to all the possibilities out there that sometimes may even break the bounds of your business model. You may end up with a family that hires you for a decade to document their life, right? There's all sorts of cool things that can happen if you if you get rid of solutions for a while. Yeah, I love that. So I think we are all guilty, the listener and I, of you know using solutions to come up with a price. So in your case, if I'm dealing with you directly, um, first of all, do you have a husband? Are you married? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Married. I have a daughter and dogs and chickens and a horse and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So if you came in to see me and I learned that about you and your family and I found out that the horse is what you know, sort of brings the family together, that's your weekends. So are you looking for me to plant the seed of me coming out to photograph you with the horse and the whole family? Or am I waiting for you to suggest that as a client? You know, it could go both ways. What you're doing as the expert is guiding me through a conversation to help uncover, like, what's important to me? What do I really want here? Uh, Getting me to think past this need I came to you for to uncover maybe just that. Maybe I come to you for a family photo shoot and I kind of forget about the horse, but the horse is integral to our family. And as you ask me this big picture question that we encourage everybody to ask, you and I are sitting down three years from today and you're really happy. What's happened in those three years to make you so happy? You may learn through the course of that, that, oh, well, my daughter is an active equestrian. She has dreams of going to college and riding for a college team. 
And boy, wouldn't it be cool to document her journey for that application for college? Oh my gosh, like so much more has been uncovered all of a sudden. Right. So Shannon, isn't that a solution? Am I giving you a solution then or not really? You're sharing a vision with me. Okay. You're sharing a vision, right? And so what you're doing over that course of the conversation is just learning that vision, asking lots of questions, understanding what matters and what's important. And if you feel yourself starting to go into solution mode, like, oh, a portfolio to help you with a college application, you quickly pull yourself back and say, oh, I'm getting excited. I'm going into thinking about solutions here and I'll get to that. Let me keep us focused on what else needs to be talked about. So eventually you do go back to your office and think about how many hours is this going to take me? What is my cost here? But we're asking you to reverse that value chain and do that at the end instead of the beginning of these conversations. Right. Okay. Yeah. So let's keep you and me as examples then, because this is great to explore. Yeah. What's your husband's name? His name is Charlie. Okay. So let's say you and Charlie and your daughter, you love the idea of me coming out to the farm and photographing you guys with the horse and you know doing all the jobs you do in the, in the morning and then actually riding the horse. So you're falling in love with this idea. Are you suggesting, because I heard you say before about asking what would make you happy in three years time. Is that a good question to ask? Yeah, it's a great question to ask. So it's called the desired future state question. Or the person who originated the question, Dan Sullivan, who's the founder of an organization called Strategic Coach. That's where we learned it. And I use this question in my own sales conversations. We coach our clients to use it. We want you to ask this question early on in the first, what we would call the qualifying conversation, to really uncover what's going on there. Because like we've been talking about, I may have come to you wanting a family portrait, but by asking me that question, you learn a whole lot more about what's going on and what may really be the end state that I want to get to and what might really be important that I'm not even thinking about. Right. Okay. So at some stage of our conversation, so I've sat down with you and Charlie and we've sort of come up with this plan. At some point I have to offer a solution, don't I? No. I've got to say, okay, let's find a date. Let's find a time. Let's organize this shoot. At some point, you have to offer a solution, just not in this, what we call the value conversation. So the way we think of the buyer's journey is that there are four points in the journey. The first one is that buyer finds you and identifies you as an expert in family photography. They're doing that through your marketing efforts, let's say. And then they reach out and say, hey, we need help. We need a family photo shoot. So you have a qualifying conversation then. You are qualifying to see, is this opportunity real? Are they a good fit for what I do? Are they able to afford me? Is this a real project? Do they have like a timeline they want this done? And if all of that matches up, then you would move to the value conversation where you really start to kind of uncover like what's going on there. And maybe the dad wasn't present in the qualifying conversation. So you'd want the dad there in that value conversation. You want to get the people around the table who are going to be a part of making the decision. And then coming out of that value conversation, you go away and work on this, what we call this three option, one page proposal, and then come back into what we call the closing conversation, which is where you are walking through the options and helping that client uh, facilitate a choice, which one makes sense for you, which, which one do you think you want to move forward with? So it's not always that these are discrete conversations that happen one right after the other. Sometimes they can blend into one, like qualifying goes well, might as well start talking about value. But it's a way to think about how the buyer moves through the journey and how to organize yourself 
when you're in a sales process. Right. Okay. So let me give you a scenario that a lot of photographers, and I know the listener could potentially be doing, and that is running a, a marketing campaign where they're giving away a free session. So this is for a family portrait photographer. So they're giving, and that's how they're going to get their lead. Then the lead responds. They might answer a bit of a questionnaire. And then we have a phone conversation and that's the qualifying process for us. And that's where we might explore, you know, what you want in this three years time, what you're looking for in the session. So I'm going to learn about you and the horse and Charlie and the farm in that conversation. At that point, most photographers will say something like, you know, let me tell you a little bit how the process works and the pricing. Most clients end up spending between two and $3,000. And then they'll say, is that something you're comfortable with? And then they are told to be quiet. So is that a good process? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, we want to talk about money early and often. We want to see, is this person that I'm talking to in the range of investment that it's going to take to work with me? So in that early conversation, the qualifying conversation, you want to do just that. Typically, for projects like this, for clients like you, it could look like 10,000 on the high end, maybe two to 3,000 on the low end. Have you allocated those kinds of funds to do this, right? Is this the investment level that you're comfortable with? So you're just trying to get a sense of, are we on the same page here? Okay. So with you as an example, we would still talk about the horse and the farm scenario first, and then bring up the 3,000 on the low end, 10,000 at the high end. You want to do that. You want to have that money conversation in the qualifying conversation. And if you learn in that qualifying conversation, yeah, we're a fit from a budget perspective, then you'd move to the value conversation where you dig in further to better understand, okay, so you shared in your vision that you actually own a horse and your daughter shows, and that's really important to her. You know, do you think that that should be a part of the photo shoot along with your family. Should we go out to the barn and, and do some, you know, photography and involve the horse, right? So that's when you start to dig into what really do you want now that you've kind of stated this vision? What should we be thinking about beyond just the traditional family portrait? Got it. Okay. So you're really bringing in the money topic very early in the conversation. Yes. Yes. Because you don't want to waste your time and get all the way to the end of the sale and find out that they really don't have that money to spend, you know? So we're trying to help our clients lower their cost of sale by qualifying and vetting more accurately early on and deciding, should we walk away? Is it not a fit or is it adding up and let's keep going in the process? Okay. So let's say you and I, again, we continue. You're quite happy with that. You're comfortable with that. Maybe you didn't think $10,000 was going to be that expensive, but yeah, 3,000 certainly. Mm -hmm. So we move ahead. At some point, we book the session and we we go from there. So that's the solution. Yeah. We have to finish with a solution, don't we? Yeah. And that's what happens. So after you have that value conversation, you as the photographer go back to your office and sit down and create the different options. Then you come back to that client and walk them through it and get them to zero in on like, which option do you think makes the most sense for you? Great. The middle option at 5,000. Okay. So the terms are half now and half at the end when the photos are delivered. All right. So what happens if the client, after that conversation, they ghost you? Mm. See, we work, we work so hard not to let that ghosting happen. It's so <laughs> frustrating. And the way to try to alleviate that is as the expert, you are driving the next step coming out of every conversation. You never walk away and let that client say, thanks, I'll get back to you. 
That's not allowed in Win Without Pitching land. What you do is you say to them, this has been a great conversation. I think we should keep talking. The next step would be to have this conversation where we really focus on what does success look like? How will we know what will really make you happy? Are you available Tuesday at four to do that? Right. You're always trying to drive that next step so that you don't get in that situation of being like thrown back into the vendor seat and behaving like this order taker, which is no fun. God, okay. Let me just flip this slightly for the wedding photographers that are listening and let me take you further back in your relationship with Charlie (laughs) and you're you're booking (laughs) a wedding photographer. So you've come to see me, you love my work, we've chatted about your vision, we've done all those things, you've seen my pricing and then you, you go away to think about it. And so I haven't taken a retainer, a deposit on the night that you've come to see me, but we had a great connection and I said I'm going to follow up, you know, on Tuesday to have a chat. And then I just can't get you. Like, do I keep chasing? Well, I think that, you know, if if you and that client-to-be have made an agreement to meet at Tuesday at four, you send the invitation because you're going to do it via Zoom or you pick the coffee shop where you're going to meet up and somebody is a no-show, you just want to reach out right away and just, hey, I'm here. You know, this was our confirmed meeting time. Did something come up? Let me know. And if you don't hear back from them, then you're going to close the loop. And what we mean by that is sending an email or leaving a voicemail that says, hey, since you didn't show up, I'm assuming you've gone in a different direction or things have changed best, Andrew. And you'll hear back from that person. They'll either feel like, oh, they kind of gave me this professional out here and I'm going to let them know, yeah, things did change. I picked somebody else or no, like, I ran late at work and couldn't get here in time. So sorry. Or no, no, something came up. Can we talk in 20 minutes, right? That closing the loop email or message is something that can really get a quick response because it's just you detaching emotionally and letting know, hey, since I haven't heard from you, just assuming things have changed and you've moved on, you know where to find me if you need me in the future. It'll get a quick response rate. I love that. And if you don't hear back, then just they're sort of dead in your eyes. Move on. If you don't hear back, don't give them any more of your your time. I love that. Okay. So I've still got control, even though they've ghosted me or stood me up. I'm still taking control of the conversation by saying, hey, I'm cutting you loose here. Totally. And part of it is, frankly, it's how you're framing it for yourself and your own mindset and behavior about this and not letting yourself kind of get drug into things where where you're just too tied to it emotionally, too emotionally attached to the situation. We want to try to alleviate that. Yeah, that's so good. That is such a cool email. And can I send that as an SMS as well? Like if that's how we've been communicating or a DM or a PM? Yeah, there's more of that happens. Okay, so that's okay. Yeah. Just as long as they get it. As long as they get it. Cool. All right. One of the things that photographers do get uncomfortable with is talking about money and talking about... Yep. <laughs> Particularly, particularly those photographers that have increased their prices and that can be like a, a real source of being uncomfortable. Is there a way to get around that or to know that you're, um, so you don't feel like you're overcharging? Yeah, this is a common challenge, right? In the creative profession. It's not a comfortable thing for a lot of people. And the things that can really correct that first are being well-positioned and feeling really competent and confident in your area of expertise. So the beginning of everything should really be about you 
deciding to specialize, right? To be a generalist photographer, you're always going to be in the vendor role and fighting to win and not being able to price appropriately. So you should specialize, whether it is like I was saying, the example of a photographer we know that just focuses on equestrian photography or architectural photography for home remodels, right? Or family portraiture for families with young children, you know, so you've got to start there because when you're well positioned to seen as the expert, things do shift in those conversations and people tend to let you lead and view you as that expert and have more trust, right? So you begin to have more confidence in those moments. Got it. So yeah, from there, so let's say I have positioned myself as the expert. I'm still a little bit uncomfortable talking about money. (laughs) Yep. So from there, what helps is to have a plan of attack for how you're going to guide the sale each and every time. And that's the training that we do, right? Is provide these frameworks for Here are the conversations that happen in the sale. Here is how to guide each conversation. It's not a script, right? Because I don't want somebody to sound robotic. I want you to be yourself, but I want you to know I'm in the qualifying conversation. And when I'm in the qualifying conversation, I have six things I have to get done. And I move through that framework and then I decide, should we keep talking? Just having a plan of attack builds confidence. Finding your own language for how to talk about money I have a client who he finally got to a place where he just had to be a little self-deprecating. And he would just say, when it came time for the money talk, to say, like, ah, the money talk, it's time for the money talk. It's never my favorite thing. And I've learned to be better about it over time, but we do have to talk about budget. So we're at that point in the conversation. And he would just make fun of himself. And he finally got to a place where it just went away eventually because it just became this thing where it's like, you're hiring me for my expertise, of course, It's going to cost money. We all enter into that knowing it. So let's have a confident conversation about what's the budget. So we're all aware. Right. So could I use his tactic if you and Charlie were in my studio talking about your family photos? Could I say we do have to talk about pricing? It's the part I'm uncomfortable with. Absolutely. You wouldn't be turned off by that as a mom. and No. And I think we forget that that person at the other side of the table, that client to be is also nervous because they're thinking, oh God, how much is this going to cost? If you're the expert and you bring it up and you're honest about it and you explain why, that reassures me. It helps me to understand what I need to plan for, or it helps me to understand, maybe you're right, I can't afford you. And that's okay because you're not a fit for everybody, but it's been lovely to get to know each other. It's how an expert behaves. Sure. So just quickly then, you said something really interesting, and I think I might have the wrong idea here, but how would I explain to you why I am the right photographer, why I am... Like, do I go in and say, I've had years of training, I've got lots of happy families, I'm going to spend a lot of time? Maybe. I think you, so where you start, if I were to reach out to you for family photography, the first thing you would want to ask me is, hey, Shannon, why did you decide to reach out to me today? Mm -hmm. Because you want to find out, well, I spent a lot of time on your website and I love your point of view and style. It really matches with what we like as a family. Right. So that tells you, boy, this person sees me as an expert. But if I were to say, I don't know, I just Googled family portraits and I'm talking to the first 10 that popped up. Well, then you have some work to do to help that person understand why you're different. And that's when you would spend some time saying, okay, well, there are a lot of family photographers out there. The first thing you should know about me is I specialize in families with children between the ages of two and six. 
right? So then you kind of get into like what makes you different. You like to use natural light. Your photographs all happen outside versus inside the home, whatever it might be. That's when you take the time to educate that person and see if you can make the flip happen where they go from seeing you as a vendor to seeing you as an expert. Got it. Okay. So if you came to me because of a, you saw a a competition on Facebook, I was giving away a free session and that's how you came to me. That's when I would have to find out if you've actually been on my website and seen my work. Yeah. Okay. So I can still have that same conversation no matter how you came to me. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure the flip has happened. That's what we call it. You got to get them to move from seeing you as a vendor to seeing you as an expert and letting you lead in these conversations. Okay. So you keep saying expert. And I know a lot of us see ourselves as experts, but also some of us generalize in our photography. Yes. How do we position ourselves as an expert? Is it just by showing that work on social media and talking about it? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Shannon, where is the best place for the listener to go and learn more? I would just go to winwithoutpitching.com. Cool. Okay. And of the two books, is the, the new book, is that a reworking of the first book or is it totally different? Uh, no, totally different. So the Win Without Pitching Manifesto is really that. It's a call to arms with the principles driving our perspective. And then Pricing Creativity is an actual workbook and guide to changing pricing for your business. Got it. Okay, great. Yeah. Shannon, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I love talking about photography because I love photography. We are all you know, interested in having it, I think around our homes and our, you know, our lives. And so like, I can really relate to what those conversations might feel like. And I know how it it can feel scary, especially when you're dealing with families or individuals versus big businesses, but I just, it's all possible. Fantastic. You talked about your equestrian photographer. Do you have photos of your family and the horse or the farm on the walls at home? Well, I would say they're all on our iPhones right now. And oh, oh my, that's so bad, Shannon. <laughs> Which, you know, like that's okay. So, right. Everybody's got to compete against the iPhone. We definitely have family photos up, but we're lucky because my brother-in-law is a professional photographer. And so he was kind of corporate photography, but he does a lot of that work for the greater family. And we definitely have his stuff up. Right. We just got the horse about a year ago, though, so we've got to do more horse photography. Nice. So if you did see, and I'm not like obviously I'm nowhere near you, but if you did see something about you know a family photographer with horse photos, you would be drawn to that. I would, and and we've already paid a photographer at my daughter's last horse show to do that. And unfortunately, there was too many classes going on, and that photographer couldn't capture the ring where she was in. So we took a credit for the next show. Right. So I'm already engaged with a horse photographer to capture some of this stuff. And I'm very willing to pay for somebody who's an expert because it's a really particular kind of photography. For sure. For sure. Can I ask, how old is your daughter? She's 11. 11. Okay. So is she on social media? No. Mm-mm. She doesn't enjoy that kind of thing. Thank God right now. Okay. So, and the reason I ask is if she was a teenager and she was obviously loving and into horses, would you recommend a photographer market to the teenager? or the mom, or both? Oh, boy, that's like a whole ethics thing, right? Um, Or like comfort thing. Me as a parent, I understand that that's taking place, but I want to be a part of that conversation. So I'm going to be looking for somebody who handles that with integrity. Nice. I love that. That's how that would feel okay to me. Sure. Cool. 
Shannon, thank you for letting me be so inquisitive and talk about your family. You use the example. It was good. Oh, it was so, so fun. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much. You bet, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Shannon as much as I did. How cool is it talking about money and sales and clients and pushing the wrong clients away? How good was that email? If you would like to hear more from Shannon, learn more from her, I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. And you'll find those show notes at photobizx.com forward slash 481. I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned, including links to a free chapter for each of Blair N's books, The Win Without Pitching Manifesto, and his brand new book, Pricing Creativity. You can get those free chapters with the links inside the show notes. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Massive thanks again for Shannon for coming on. I hope wherever you are in the world, business is thriving for you. I hope you are safe, healthy, and well, and I will talk to you next week. Until then, bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 